Hey, this is Justin, your um, host, one of your hosts. So what we did this week was we actually went and saw Black Panther because we were in person. And um, we were both here in Washington State. And instead of using the episode we had for Edge of Tomorrow, which was recorded a few months ago, we actually decided to go ahead and slip this episode between Edge of Tomorrow and Anastasia. So you'll get Edge of Tomorrow next time, and this episode will fall between Edge of Tomorrow and Anastasia. It's just a more timely thing because the episode is kind of predicated on being nearer to the release of Black Panther, and this way it won't be two or three months out that you'd actually hear this. So uh, without further ado, here's the rest of the show. Welcome to Last Chance Theater. I'm Justin. And I'm Laura. Uh, today we uh, are actually in the same place for a change, and we went and saw Black Panther yesterday. So we're going to actually talk about that instead of a movie that I haven't seen before and that she has. I think to start off, we both really enjoyed it. So, I mean, that's like the bottom line of things. We both had fun seeing it. Uh, yeah. It's... <laughs> It's a different sort of feeling Disney movie, not Disney, Marvel movie, because there's been a lot of them at this point, like 15. And so they had kind of a pattern going with some of their stuff. And um, this one's just not as connected to anything else, I think. Well, I mean, like with any of the first solo movies, none of them are super connected other than like Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man's like, I think people kind of expected it to be like that. I mean, I don't think it has to be related. I mean, it's and the thing weird thing about Black Panther is that it actually takes place like right after Civil War. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Like they they mentioned at the beginning, of, like it's like been two weeks or something at the start of the movies in Civil War, and I was like, yeah, that's really close. Like I don't think any of their movies take place that close together. Well, most of them take place like kind of current timeline wise. Like yeah. this one is like the first one that kind of goes back in time a little bit. Yeah. State-wise. I mean, yeah, other than Captain America, they're all, like, current day, like, and in the same, in the correct orders for them to be, you know, watched and perceived or whatever. I didn't even think about that, like, and there's no, like, lead-in to Infinity War or anything like that. It just kind of, you know, there's Bucky at the end, and that's, that's it. I mean, that's a pretty big lead-in because that's where Cap hit him. And those scenes, yeah, those scenes, I guess, from the trailer were in Wakanda, uh, obviously, like, but it's it just, it's kind of funny, because when it, when we went into that and it ended, I thought, oh, they're going to show Captain America, like, he's been here because he's also on the run, and it was Bucky, I was like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense, too. I mean, I knew it was going to be Bucky, I, <laughs> I, I thought, actually, he was going to be in the movie a little bit more, because I had heard he was in it. Oh, see, I, I didn't I see I didn't even think that I I would have been okay if Bucky had shown up to help, but I was like, okay, yeah, I thought 
they were gonna keep it just down to like the like core Black Panther characters and like Claw and Everett, uh, who are also Black Black Panther characters. <laughs> keep thinking of him as Watson and his accent. Like he's really good at doing an American accent. I think like way better than Cumberbatch's. Uh, like yeah. His accent does not sound like a real <laughs> accent. Like, Cumberbatch is just, ah, I just speak like, it's like this weird imitation of an accent. But no, um, there was things I expected to see I didn't see, but nothing that I didn't see that I felt like I wanted to. Like, everything that happened, I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. Like, I don't need any more than this. I was actually really impressed by, aside from actual Black Panther T'Challa, like, it was women that did pretty much everything in the movie. Yeah, like, it, 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 you know, I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, all the, all the bodyguards, except for the ones outside the palace doors, his mother, his sister, um, it's like, and even when they, uh, in the last battle scene, when the the uh, gorilla tribe comes down from the mountain, there's, like, a bunch of women prominently mm-hmm. displayed as warriors in that. And, yeah, like, I didn't, that is pretty true. Like, they're really prominently featured like well i think it's important like it's been a big discussion in hollywood that black women don't get a lot of good like meaty roles they get maids housekeepers and when they do it's it's very like one-off like someone mentioned they mentioned grace jones in the beginning we all really laughed at that but like that's the only one i can think of who had like those kind of like action roles like she's in james bond and she's and in james bond she's actually just kind of scary because like I don't think they directed her to do half the stuff she's doing. Like, she's, like, making tiger noises and other things like that. I was like, no one told her to do that. That's just... Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's what Octavia Spencer has talked about in Tragic Behenson. Like, despite mm-hmm. winning Oscars, they can't find work with, like, good roles that are not maids. And those yeah. are the roles that they won their Oscars for, too. Yeah, they, like, they, it's the, the first black woman won an Oscar was for... uh was the win, wasn't it? It's gone with the wind. Yeah. It was the actress who played... Um, Mammy, Hattie McDaniel. It's, and it's not just that, like, there's a, there's a big, there's like a big discussion with people that are black who are like upset by the excitement generated of the movie versus people who are excited because they're like, this is a thing that you don't usually see happen. And I don't really get the not excited side. Like, even my dad's excited. He's like 75. He's, you know, he hasn't seen a Marvel movie except for Captain America 2. And like, it's, you don't usually see like, any movies that are sci-fi making it big in the U.S. that are not American-made and mostly American cast. Uh, in terms of American, I mean, like, white American and maybe, like, a black star like Will Smith or someone like that heading it up. Well, I think it was similar to, like, Wonder Woman in that it had the appeal of what we're used to with, like, movies led by, like, Tom Cruise but of a minority that doesn't usually get to lead yeah. the movie. And it doesn't didn't feel like it was pandering at all. Like it yeah. felt very much like a blockbuster. But it also felt like they weren't like a lot of times. One of the things that I think that someone said early on was that it was like they there was there's a bunch of subjects in the movie they could have steered away from or avoided before like being controversial or seeming like you know kind of off color and then instead they steer right at them like every time there's a choice to like see around or but go i mean at, to some of that like if you avoided it that's i think that's gonna reflect poorly yeah on the movie, it reflects poorly in the movie i think that's just gonna be like that's gonna feel like pandering it's yeah gonna be like we're gonna appeal to these people but not really address any issues <laughs> i mean i think the most blatant ones are the ones involving uh like n- near to the end of the movie with 
with Killmonger and like some of the stuff Killmonger says, because even the people in Wakanda are kind of like, you know, like they're not even want to discuss this stuff with him. And, you know, he was, he was, there's just like a lot of different things he brings up that are, they're actually, he's the first time I think there's been a Marvel villain who has come into the situation with a understandable viewpoint and he's not right, but it's like, it's more understandable than say Loki's just, I'm going to take over the world or, Hella kind of had... Yeah, Hella too, but Hella is more... And Hella's... And it's funny because these two are so close together on each other. Hella's, right, Marvel's been working on their villains to make them better. Yeah, Hella's viewpoint is more that she was like this weapon of war they used to build their, their empire. And then when he decides he's going to like shrug all that off, he just kind of tossed her aside. Yeah. Not only that, but he hid. Yeah. All he, that. he hid all that, that like he stuff. He hid all he the bad done. stuff he did. He hid her like, mm. which is not totally unlike what happened to Killmonger. It was yeah. just by a different king. Well, Killmonger's situation is even worse, I felt like, because he was like a literal child who hadn't done anything wrong. Right. But and, it was the choice of, you know, his uncle to, yeah, like, Yeah, his uncle's him. just... And that's the other thing is that, like, the the kind of... Um, not really setting aside, but, like, casting of heroes in a different light as time goes on. Like, uh, you see it with Harry Potter movies and books in that, like, when they first start, there's very, like, this magical world is all good and there's some evil in it but as it goes on you get to see more like of a dirty side and that's the same thing like you start to see like even the people that we thought were more pure like odin or whoever or you know t'challa's dad we only saw for i mean did anyone really think odin was that pure he's odin i mean people who just see the movies and don't know what mythology but i mean even in the movies he's kind of an asshole they're all kind of assholes. It's, it's that's the funny thing. A lot of these characters are assholes, and they just they just are assholes. Like they're like Iron Man, Doctor Strange. They're all kind of dicks. I mean, right? But I mean, Odin is like pretty seriously an asshole. Like that's like the whole point of the first Thor movie is that he's rebelling against his dad. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see Thor two, so I don't know what happened there. Um, that's the that's the one movie I still haven't seen yet. And everybody keeps saying not to see it, so I just haven't put much interest in doing it. Um. Yeah, I think, I think I can get that though that that they're trying to show like rebellion against authority figures, and they they've always been pretty good at that with these movies. Um, Captain America two, I think, is where it started getting really strong. Like that was like the first time they did like a, you know, strong message about rebellion against something that was wrong. I think in this case, it's kind of off character for T'Challa, too. Like, he's not really like that in the comics. Like, he's actually more like his father was. Like, kind of just like... I only know him very briefly, mostly from his being married to Storm. Yeah. Um, And he's kind of an asshole in relation to that. But... (laughs) But most people are assholes in those comics, so... Like, more what I know about him is that he's very, like, isolationist with the country... Like, he won't let people in. Like, they could die outside the walls for all he cares, and he'll just, you know... As long as they don't try to breach the walls, he's completely fine with, like, whatever happens outside. And given the rest of the Marvel world, I kind of understand that, because the comic book world is completely different, and there's, like, a lot more dangers in it that aren't in the movies, you know. I think there's a fair amount of dangers in the movies. (laughs) I mean, the dangers they address are more realistic, though. Like, you know, there's, there's like, the 
the way the UN and stuff like that reacted, because it, it's not even the same situation in the movies that causes them to do all the superhero registration stuff. It was, I think it was a worse situation in the comics because it was directly caused by superhero action. It wasn't just a person who, you know, happened to be associated with yeah. another person. But um, I like how they handled it because it... I feel like it's it's kind of a set-off point for all these things because that did introduce T'Challa and it did show us the kind of person he was and, like, his sort of anger versus his sort of, like, drive for revenge versus his drive to be, like, find out the truth and to do the right thing. That all kind of comes back in this movie. So you were talking about the women in the cast. Were you surprised to see that they went to South Korea? No, I knew they went to South Korea. Oh. It surprised me. Like, I didn't expect it. And even though they show it in the trailer, I just didn't register the signs in the background were in Korean or anything. No, it's part of Disney's plan to make the movie do well in Asia. Make it go more places? Well, not just go more places, but just specifically shoot there and to include actors from that country. Like, that helps it perform yeah. well. Helps it a lot more. And, and I mean, it... it and because because the, they also use those crews, that they want the movie to do well because they're going to get more money. Yeah, they showed they showed the uh, at the credits. There's like there's a crew for for there, and there's another crew for somewhere else. And I was like, yeah, so they shot different places to, but it, it also it also gives the movie like a bigger feel, like it's yeah, not just no, isolated. Disney definitely was willing to spend the money on it, which I think was good. Like I think if they had made it earlier in the MCU, they wouldn't have spent as much money on it, and it probably wouldn't have turned out nearly as well. Yeah, they were they were, they were talking about making it earlier too. I want to say like there was some plans. It's been that, in the works for a very long time. Um, Ava DuVernay originally was set to direct it. So that was a while back then. Not that it was like right after Selma. That she was okay, because like I was gonna say like I remember like when phase when they started actually doing the phasing and showing stuff. I remember seeing it like way way moved up in that lineup. I mean, they cast Chadwick Boseman a really long time ago. They did. They locked him down. Um, he was a good choice. Like, like four years ago or something. Like I want to say that in every hero role, they haven't made a bad choice yet. I want to say the one person I didn't like at first was Bucky, and that was like in the first movie. And then in the second movie, I was like, I love Bucky. And every other hero, at least, I've been really okay with the casting. I was shocked by Paul Rudd, but it it's it makes sense to me now. I don't love Robert Downey Jr. You don't? Like, he feels like Iron Man to me. I mean, like, I guess maybe I just don't like the Iron Man character, but I just, I don't, I have, I don't see him as, like, Tony Stark as much as I see him as Robert Downey Jr. I kind of see Tony Stark as Robert Downey Jr. now, like, even when I look at the comics, like, they've kind of adjusted the character. But I mean, I just, I just see Robert Downey Jr. when I watch it, so like, I don't necessarily see Tony Stark. And I mean, maybe they're kind of similar people, but, like. I think that's why they cast him originally. I mean, and like, it could be, but I just, I don't totally care for him, like. I don't get all the Iron Man love. I really don't get it. Uh, I don't love, love Iron Man. Like, I like his movies. I like the character. I'm definitely more, like, it, when people are, oh, Cap or Iron Man, I definitely, you know, side way over here with Cap more than Iron Man because even though Captain America is, like, flawed in his execution of things and being overly trusting, I still feel like he's trying to do the right thing most of the I think time. it also helps he's had the better movies. Yeah, his movies have been, well... Because the Russo brothers are really good. Everyone hates on Iron Man 3 and 2, and I don't really dislike those movies. I don't remember them. That's the problem. I saw them, and I don't remember them. 2 is very forgettable. 3, 
people's problem with three was all the pepper involvement. Their problem was the Mandarin not being the Mandarin. But I was like, the Mandarin is like a really racist caricature. So if they had done it the way it's done in the comic books, it would just be like a hearkening back to like Yellow Panic. It's way better for them to, you know, sidestep it by doing something else. I just remember there was a little kid in it and that's about it. Yeah, a kid helps them, and people were like, that kid should come back. I'm like, why? Everything has to come back for anybody else, like... No, that's all. I, I just, I don't remember two or three very well, and, like, I think that just, to me, that means they weren't that great. One is still very oppressive, though. Like, I watched one recently. Mm-hmm. For a first movie, I feel I just, like... I don't, I've never, I've never really cared for the Iron Man movies. Well, Captain America 1 is another movie people don't like as much, and I like it, but I think it's the worst of the three movies, definitely. Of his, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty good, like, and he's got a hard setup, because you have to, like, deal with the past, and then bring him into the future at some point. Yeah, someone had talked about their, him being, like, closer to the present, like, them just doing it like, oh, we could do it in Vietnam. I was like, that won't work. Like, it's that war is not as cut and dry. It's not as easy to make someone in that war look like a good guy as it is World War Two, where you're like, plus you're you sure. need to bring in the Nazis at some point with Hydra. <laughs> I think the other interesting thing was they didn't try to like hold it down too much with an American feel or look or anything like that like one of the interesting things is that uh, back in the nineties, Wesley Snipes had wanted to do a Black Panther movie. And this is before he did Blade. And he actually was, like, really, really caring about the product. And he went to Marvel. And they liked his ideas, but he couldn't find a director or a writer for it. And the things he kept getting were really not Black Panther. Like, one of them was, like, set in the Civil Rights era. It was in, you know, in America. And, like, they were they were just, they were all attempts to bring this story into, like, a weird place that it just, it it didn't make sense for it to be there and it wasn't the story anymore. It's just too changed from what it was. Well, I think it took a while for the comic book movies to, to go global. To like be like not just like set in New York, not just set, you know. In Gotham and Right, Metropolis. they needed like I think because most of them have been set in like New York and stuff like that for a while. And it's only been recently that they've started to expand a little bit, which Every is true. Every Spider-Man of the, film, yeah. which is true of like the comics. Like they've kind of always been a little bit global, but they've always like been centered around something happening in America. Yeah, they they really even even Marvel comics getting it off the East Coast is just difficult to find characters who are not East Coast based. There's West Coast Avengers, but there's none of them are as well known as you know the Avengers, Hawkeye. I think that that's just movies in general. Like, American movies used to cost less, and so they could make it by just making box office here. To the point that when they report box offices, even today, they kind of just speak about our box office and not overseas. That's not true. They talk a lot about... A lot of times in the news, though, when they when they say it, they, 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 they say it separately. But then they first say it, they, go, they give you a number. It's like, okay, this is just the American number, though. This number But, I mean, is, that's typically because most of the studios are American, so they do care about their domestic haul. Like, yeah, that's very important. America's huge. Like, if a movie's not doing well domestically, like, its chances for doing well globally, like, are not, are not good, good unless it's like something like Fast and the Furious or any of Fast and the Furious does like, so well overseas. Any of you know Jason Statham's movies, like, his do super well in Asia. Those tend to his actually have tend to have a much higher like global appeal than they do domestic. Statham's. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Like, same with Dwayne Johnson's huge over there too. Like, so like it helps. With choosing production companies, like, Jason Statham's most recent movies, like, are co-productions with China. Like. I did not know that. Um, I did know, like, I did notice that 
the first two Transporter movies are really heavily Asian influenced. There's Asian people in them a lot, so that, that makes sense. And in Fast and Furious movies, there's every every type of person shows up in those movies. They go to all the places in the world. They're in Russia. They're in Dubai. They're and they're like. I don't. You said you haven't seen those movies, right? You've seen a few of them, but I've seen the first one. First one, like they're fun movies. But what's funny about them is they they keep making money despite everybody around them before you know this last year saying that these this can't this thing can't make money, and it keeps making money. I mean, a big part of it is the Asian box office yeah. for it. Like it has very strong hold over there. There's a lot of people in China. I mean, like if they right, go see a movie. I mean, especially if you want a movie to do well in China, you have to have some kind of agreement with the government to a degree because. They can just kind of like cock block your movie. Like, they but, will push your release date out super far away. Like, that's what happened with Spider Man. Black Panther, the same thing, too. Like, they actually have, uh, they had a, a weekend, uh, like, holiday there. And they, were, they did, like, oh, New Year. They did New Year's. They did a movie embargo so that their right. movies yeah, could do no, better. I know that. And, but Disney had already worked out a deal yeah. with China where Chadwick Boseman won some kind of favorite American actor award in China, which makes no sense because he's been in a few other movies but he hasn't been in much of anything yeah that aren't biopics which i don't think people care about their good marshall over <laughs> in china <laughs> biopics or any other american biopic it would just it would be weird for it to do well in china but i mean like he seemed popular over there even then That's like because disney's bought that yeah like, disney's <laughs> just like pushed that on and and i think that disney disney doesn't want the movie to do bad it's why yeah, it'll do the well point. like if we're gonna make sure this does well. We're gonna work. You know, we're gonna have this, this part of it set in South Korea. We can get. Um. You brought up Solo, at the theater the other day, and then that trailer came on. I'd never seen that trailer, by the way. You hadn't seen it. No, I, I saw the other trailer that that he didn't even speak in. Really, it's just the trailer. That showing. was the teaser trailer for the trailer. Okay, see, that's all I saw. And so when you said the trailer made it do better, I was like, that was that made it do better. And then I saw, I was like, oh, this is actually a really good trailer. Like, it's much better. It's yeah. more interesting and everything. And um, this is another thing. It's like Disney, Disney can make something salvageable, even if it's not salvageable. Like it's really rare that they have a movie do bad because they, they just if if they did it, just it wasn't good. Well, Disney has formulas, and the, they they develop formulas and they keep using their formulas. And that's mm-hmm. how they make sure their things do well. It's because if a formula stops working, they, they stop using the it. formula. Like they find a new one. <laughs> they stop using it. Um. It's just, it's funny because after Last Jedi, I think that they realize they have to actually, like, push really hard because Star Wars won't just do well because it's Star Wars, which surprises me because the prequels all still did well. They're terrible I mean, no, Last Jedi did well, too. It's just, it's had such a backlash from people seeing it afterwards, like, just because it did well. But it didn't do as well as they wanted it to. No, it it paled in comparison to The Force Awakens, like, that one. I think that was always going to happen, though, because people... No, sequels are supposed to do better. Like, it's supposed to keep doing better. See, I, I, I actually expected it to do worse anyway, because I expected people to have... Because people went into Force Awakens and didn't like it a lot of them. I, mean, I, I knew a lot of people who didn't like that. And I was like, well, if you didn't like this, then you probably aren't going to like what they're going with it. There was know? crazy, crazy hype over the Force Awakens. Like, it's And the sequels movie. are supposed to like improve. Like, your numbers are supposed to get better. They're not supposed to get worse. Well, hopefully they they they'll find a way to, to both get the numbers to do better and to keep going where they've been going. Because I think that this direction is interesting. I just think that they need to get people on board with it. I think 
I think that like it's going to be a challenge for Marvel going forward too. Is that if they have to start shedding these characters that they've started out with, I mean, they can't keep making Robert Downey Jr. come back forever, and they can't keep. I'm pretty know, sure he's going to die. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to die too. Like, like that was the so when people were like, "Who do you think's going to die, Robert Downey Jr.?" Like, I think a hundred percent that that's who's going to die. Probably in the first movie. Um, At least one Avenger is going to die in the first one. So. Someone said Hawkeye. I was like, no, that wouldn't be fair because like that's the one you'd expect to die because Hawkeye's, no one cares about him anymore. Hawkeye's useless. Like he can't, he shouldn't even really be out there. But yeah, I think that he, I think that he's gonna die because, like you said, he wants he's been, he's been wanting out of a contract since Iron Man three came out. Well, like, he either wants to be the center of it or he wants out. Yeah, and they they were talking about that like that you know that might be his last film, and you know they got him back for other movies, but. It's been kind of like this thing where they they they've kind of been soft sending him away every time. Like, well, Feige's put in like a, a formula that each hero gets three movies max, mm-hmm. and he might break it for Thor since Thor Ragnarok did so oh tremendously goodness. well. But it also kind of wasn't a true like Thor only movie. That was like Thor and Hulk. So, so he like so they're thinking that he might give Thor one more movie potentially, but like. He's been keeping hard and fast to the trilogy rule for each hero. I hope we get a Captain America 4. I really do. You're not going to. We're not? No. Why do you say that? Because you're not going to. They've <laughs> already announced that. Like I did not realize they were saying there was going to be any more of them. No, there's only going to be three for each one if they get their own solo movie. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Well, hopefully they do something with him, like they put him somewhere else with someone else. I think, I think in the fourth Avengers movie, he's going to be a scroll. Oh, I mean... So they can do his death storyline. Like... Because the death storyline is a big deal for him in the comics. Yeah, he... That when was, he's assassinated. Yeah, so. after, uh, what do you call it? Oh, well, not really after Civil War, but, like, in that fo- in that following series they did. I mean, it makes it kind of sad. Like, if there was one character I wanted to get another movie, it was Captain America, because they've done so I mean, if they so give well. him, like, the role of being, like, the secret scroll, like, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good role. yeah. I mean, and you can I, potentially I, get flashbacks later on of like. And I think they could also start doing like more of these because I think that's what made Thor three so good was that it wasn't just Thor. If they started to do that more often and just put two like. Well, that's why Robert Downey Jr. showed up in most of the solo movies. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, this will sell tickets." Yeah, I mean, I didn't really need him there in Spider Man. I liked it. I was fine with it. He wasn't there that much. Like I expected him. To I would be rather he'd not be there. Yeah, I would have too. I expected him to be there more, actually. When they advertised it, it was like there was going to be like so much of him, and it really was more happy than him. I don't know. It made it less about Peter Spider-Man. Parker, and then it's like, if you're going to give me Spider-Man, I want Spider-Man. I don't want Spider-Man and Tony Stark. I mean, he didn't really help Spider-Man too much in any fights. It was just that one boat. No, he just yelled at him the whole time. Yeah, he was mean to him the whole time. But, I don't know, like, that was... That was like post Civil War, Tony. I kind of get why he's like that, and I kind of like seeing like what it. I know it felt him. like they're trying to have him take like the Uncle Ben spot, and I would just it didn't feel right to me. I was glad they didn't have Uncle Ben. I'm so sick of watching well, Uncle Ben. Yeah, die. I don't want to die. Want to die, but I mean, I feel like that's what they were trying to. I think that's what they're trying to do with Tony is kind of have him fill that role for Peter. Yeah, and it doesn't work as well for me. The father figure thing. Yeah, because like if, especially if he's gonna die in Infinity, he's gonna be dying saving Peter Parker. Like that's that's gonna work. Uh, you think that? Yes. I don't know. I think... They've been pushing that Peter Parker-Tony Stark relationship so hard. 
I think he might die saving Cap. I mean, he could, but I think he'll die saving Peter. Because, honestly, I don't think, well, I don't say, like, realistically, Peter doesn't need to be saved because he could just get out of the way. <laughs> like, that's why he usually stays alive. He's one of the only characters in these movies that's actually there in that event. Like, not really doing anything, but he's just getting out of the way most of the time. Um, and I see a bunch of articles saying it's going to be a bloodbath. I was like, it won't be a bloodbath because there's too many characters that they need to keep around for other movies. Like, they're not going to kill like, T'Challa or... Yeah, like, Tomal's got two more movies to go, at least. Um, they're still toying around with the idea of finally doing a Black Widow movie. I've heard that they've pretty much announced they're going to do one. They haven't officially announced it. They've The rumor though that it might be kind of like a A-Force, like all-female movie. That'd be hilarious. I actually would like that too. Um, but like there haven't been any like true details. Or, like, they movies. did a... There's two more Spider-Man movies to go, so Peter's going to survive. <laughs> I mean, they also... two more Doctor Strange movies coming at some point. They also... Um... At the end of the comic book, didn't everybody who died just come back? I don't remember. I want to say they did, because he killed a lot of characters. And Ant-Man and Wasp comes out next year, so, so that's going to... So both of Ant-Man and Wasp are going to survive, and they're probably going to get another movie after that. But I think the movie's set before this. It's not? I don't think so. Because there's two movies, and they're, like, bracketing it. I thought this was, I thought that was set, like, before this, because it's what it felt like to me in the trailer. It's like, there's no... I mean, it could, but I don't know. Because if I were them, I would try to keep everything going on before this, like before it, so they could kind of keep that, you know. In theory, but like with the release dates, like. Yeah, they should have pulled like a Matrix thing where they did it like three months apart or some shit. That could have probably worked for them. And like, I know that that's not normal. And those Matrix movies are not really like things you want to use examples because they're pretty bad the second two. But I think that could work for a movie like this, like, where there's two parts of it. I mean, there are two parts of it. That's what I mean, but, like... But I don't I don't think the fourth one is going to be directly, like, all about the fallout of the third one. I think there is... The third one's going to, like... I think we're going to get rid of Thanos, probably. You think gonna, I thought they were going to do, like, a, a two-parter, like, where it's, like, a, like a hard two-parter. Like, I think there... I think there's going to be a solution to the Thanos problem in mm. the third one, and then they're going to... There's going to be kind of the effects of that. Oh, see, I expect it to be Because I think different. by the fourth one, you're going to have the introduction of, like, scrolls and, like, really? secret invasion. So that's thought they are going to do the thing where that, because, like, what I expected was them to go up to the point where Thanos kills, like, half of the, was it half? It's like a quarter of the universe he kills with the Infinity Gauntlet. I thought it was going to go up to that point and then do the rest of the story in the next movie. That's what I was expecting, at least. Like, I mean, I mean there's my... movies in between, though, so like, I don't think it can be directly it. What's between that Ant-Man and Wasp and what else? I don't remember what else, but I like. I think there's like they've, they've got to fill that time in between, and like it. I almost said Deadpool. It's not right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong universe. Yeah. Um, I I just I'm curious to see where they're gonna go with it because. Like, I was telling you this the other day when we were somewhere, I was like, it's such a weird, like, this is the first time they had to do a real event, like, an actual event event. They did Age of Ultron, but they didn't really do an event for it. They just did, like, a single movie. And, like, this movie and that Flashpoint movie are, like, the first attempts at doing event things. The Flashpoint movie is probably going to fall on its face. Civil like, War was kind of an event. 
Uh, it's downplayed a little bit from like the big effects I had like in the comic, but. I mean, we really haven't had anybody. The movies since then haven't really dealt with the effects because they haven't had to. Like, you know, there's a little bit of it in Black Panther, but even in the comic books, Black Panther mostly stayed out of Civil War because, it's, you know, he's not American. Right, but I mean, they brought him directly into it with, yeah. the, with the Civil War movie. Like, his father being killed at sports. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope that they kind of do touch on that. Is it touched on at all in, in uh, uh, the TV show? No, like the oh, civil, well, yeah, civil war effects, like in general. Yeah, like the registration of all anyone with powers and stuff. Yeah. Oh man, well, I wonder if they're gonna even say they don't really mention stuff like this in Defenders, but uh, I mean, technically, they should all have to be registered because you know. I mean, it could come up like. Except for Daredevil, I mean, I guess he could get away with it because he's just blind. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he has powers, but you can't really tell. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows who, like, Luke Cage was, because wasn't he on the news? And yeah, his... Luke Cage is just, like, in the street, like, no mask or anything. And yeah. Jessica Jones is, she's supposed to be, like, sort of hidden, but, I mean, when you throw people through your window at your building, and the cops know I mean, about you. a lot you. of her neighbors are on drugs, so. <laughs> they could all be hallucinating anyway. She could have just thrown some out that was breaking, breaking in. And, I mean, Iron Fist, that poor kid. He doesn't need to register for anything. He can just stay out of it. Well, he doesn't really have powers. Exactly. He has that magic. He's got a Cheeto hand, but <laughs> that only like powers up like when he like concentrates his chi. Like it's, I don't know, it's not really a good power. I, I hate that they like ruined him so bad because he's so interesting in the comics. Like he's more interesting than you expect him to be, and I expected him to do like a really good job with his character. And like he does interesting things, and they're just like, nope. We'll make him, like, weird and entitled and whiny, and, like, even the other defenders will hate him, and they'll, like, pick on him and shit. He'll try I to mean, fight. I I like that, though, because well, at least it's, like, Marvel going, yep, we sucked at him. You feel like it's justified, because they're, like, when they start to argue with him, you're like, yeah, like, just beat his ass. Like, they, and who did he try to fight? Uh, Daredevil is what it was. And I was like, dude, he's going to own you. Like, you've got one hand you can do things with. If he doesn't get hit by it, you know, it won't be anything. Well, he tries to beat up Luke Cage, and that doesn't work. <laughs> he tries to beat up literally every other character, I think, except for Jessica Jones. I think she grabs him, and he doesn't really hit her. But, like, he tries to beat everybody else up. He does, like, the stupidest things. Like, I'll walk into this boardroom full of people and just declare I'm going to take over this thing. I just, I, yeah, Danny ran, like, there's this whole weird thing in Iron Fist, like, where Colleen takes his virginity, and, like... Wait, what? Oh, yeah. I didn't see Iron Fist, remember, so... I didn't yeah, know like, what kind of weirdness was going on. It was on. super weird to me because, like, I did not feel any chemistry with Colleen and Danny. Like, I felt more with, like, Colleen and Claire. Like, like they seemed to <laughs> or have... Or Colleen and Misty. Like, anybody. Well, no. Colleen and Claire had a really good, like, back and forth in Iron Fist. And then, like, all of a sudden in one episode, like, I was like, oh. Oh. And then he was, like, then he talks about later how, like, that was his first time. So it was that's, just super that's awkward. All, that's all creepy. Yeah, that's all sorts of creepy. Yeah. I, like, I feel bad because, like, I like the actress who plays Colleen, but, like, she's stuck with Danny, and he's so terrible. And she's even interesting in Defender. It's like, she's more interesting than him. Yeah, and... she's much more interesting, and, like, she's stuck with him all the time, and I'm like, that really sucks for her. <laughs> There's so many other characters that are interesting and, like, work better in those shows than him. Even the villains he have, has, like that one guy who comes back in Defenders, who's like Colleen's teacher, that guy seems more interesting in the little bit of screen time he gets than Danny. He's, I mean, Bakudo's kind of like, 
he's annoying. But, I mean, he's yeah, he's better than Danny, but he's just because he's like he's just like he. It's it's the way that he's written. He just kind of like shows up places and is like all mysterious, but knows things. And that's <laughs> like tuxedo mask. And it's just really annoying because he's just, he like he and Danny are always like getting into it, like. And it's just uh, yeah, it's it's annoying. I do hate when characters that like couldn't possibly have known a thing was happening it just show up in a place like I knew this was going on. It's like how did you know? Well, and also Iron Fist is all about the hand again. So like you love the hand so much. They're like the best. I fucking hate the hand. <laughs> And, like, I'm so upset that we're still going to be getting more Electra. Are we getting more of her again? I'm, if, if Daredevil's alive, she's got to be alive. <sighs> I, hate, I hate her so much. She's the worst part about Daredevil. Like, I like everything else in that show except for her. And she I, ruined I, that second I hate season. how, like, they give him all these viable options for dating and, like, being in love with. And he's, like, so stuck on this crazy person who, like, he bounces between trying to kill him or other people or just being completely evil for no reason, or whatever else things, and you know he like risks her life to go after her and defend her. Well, that's weird and... because like especially at the end of the first season of Daredevil, it was pretty clear that like Karen and Matt were a thing. Yeah. To some degree, and then like beginning of the second season, like they kind of like destroy it, and then here comes Electra. It's like what? And it feels so. It felt so abrupt. And just, like, it didn't honestly, make any sense. it didn't make sense how he acted about Karen up until the end of the second season, like. His whole, like, I'm going to hide this from her. I'm like, dude, you're just, like, I, I get why you're trying to hide it, but she's either going to figure it out because you're going to end up dead or she's going to just start to hate you. And if anybody really figures out who you are, it won't matter that she doesn't know because, matter of fact, it'll be worse that she doesn't know because she won't know why she's being attacked or target, targeted. Like, that whole thing doesn't make sense. Like, I'm not going to tell people that I know because if mm-hmm. they know, if they know what? If they know when someone comes after them, they'll know why it's happening. Like, that's all you're really saying. I think he's assuming, like, if they get, like, like someone, if someone asks them, then they, they'll be telling the truth that they don't know anything. So no one will... Like torture them or anything, and it's like the only thing that works that way. Because I think if that person's gonna torture someone, they're gonna do it they'll, anyway. They'll torture them anyway, and if they don't find out, they'll probably either kill them or just like horribly hurt them. So like, yeah, either way, if you just tell them, it'd be better. I like, don't know. Karen and Foggy should just run off, and because they have some pretty good chemistry too. Like she has good chemistry with everybody, but like I think that Foggy is more upset by it than he than she is. Like Foggy was like like fed up with his shit season one. Like he came over there and was like, "You gotta cut this out, get it up dead." And honestly, like if your blind friend was going out to fight ninjas all the time, you would be a little worried about him. Yeah. Especially after that one dude with the the chain kunai thing happened, because that was like that was like the bloodiest thing I'd seen in anything Marvel at that point. Like he beat the shit out of him. And I was shocked to see all that blood in um, Black Panther. Like, that was... There wasn't that much blood. It was more blood than you usually see in the movies, though. Like, he got, like, stabbed really good in the chest. And I was like... Mm, I don't know. That I, looked I, pretty painful. I mean, yeah, it looked painful. He got stabbed, like, right above his heart. Like... But everyone was getting stabbed in that movie, so... Yeah, there's a lot of people getting stabbed. Uh, people getting hit by animals. Um kicked really hard i still like that no one like tries not to kill people in these movies except for spider-man like everybody else is just totally okay well, spider-man's with, also like, still ty- a child yeah so. he's well even then i would it'd be weird to me if spider-man was just like let's like outright just killing people constantly right but it makes way more sense for iron man or captain america to be like that and anybody who says well, i think cap-, cap would prefer not to kill people but <laughs> pretty sure he's killing people with that shield i'm sure but i think he'd prefer not to but he's also tra- a trained soldier so. yeah 
he can have I mean, some detachment from He's it. definitely tried to talk people down when they're, you know, when he gets a chance. But if they don't stop, he doesn't, you know, hesitate right. to bounce that shield off their chest at 90 miles an hour. And it doesn't make, the shield couldn't cut through an Ultron robot, but if it hits a person in the chest, it just bounces. I don't know why, but, but yeah, like, that was like a big thing in all the comic books, though. No one ever kills anybody, and whenever, you know, everybody's always... Well, with well, comic books, a lot of them are actually to geared towards too. younger audiences, too. Also, if you kill all your villains, they can't come back right. as easily. But I mean, like, a lot of comic books, like, especially single issues, are kind of mm-hmm. geared definitely more towards a younger demographic. And if you've got, like, people, like, bodily dying every <laughs> page, like, parents aren't going to let their kids read that. Like, Punisher books, do you mean? Where Punisher just goes, like, ape shit on people all the time? Right, like... I'm kind of sad that show's not as good as what you're saying. Because, like, the Punisher is an interesting character. Because he's kind of outside these groups, and they don't really like him, but he's not really doing anything, quote-unquote, bad. He's just... They've just chosen to go, like, a very military... Like, route? Like, military government kind of storyline with it, and that doesn't appeal to me, so it wasn't that good. I was telling someone, like, all the wacky stuff that you see in Punisher comics that, like, we'll never see in the, in the movies or shows. Like, he uh, he got a hold of pin particles and jumped in someone's mouth and then grew back and, like, blew this person up. Like, these are the things that Punisher does, and it's it's almost played for comedy because he's so, like, deadpan about it, and just, like, matter-of-fact, like, oh, I just did this thing. Like, this is a normal, everyday thing. But he's he's only a problem in the comics because they let him be, and the moment that he gets out of line, some other hero just always beats him up. Like, Spider-Man's beat him up multiple times. Like, you know, the Hulk, anybody can stop him. They all have powers. He doesn't, but... They let him run loose like that because he's crazy. Um, I need to watch more of those shows. I need to watch. I need to finally watch Iron Fist and torture myself with that. No, just get it over with. <laughs> Bandy, rip it off. I mean, there's some interesting parts to the show. Like, I like a lot of the other cast. I just, and I feel bad because like, I actually really like. Finn, like Finn Jones and other things like he's good in Game of Thrones obviously but I think his reaction to the reaction to the show though was shitty too yeah yeah there was that that, was, that was like shitty thing it, it was almost like that Hawkeye well, sort of shit well especially if you see like the so I was telling you the other day about the episode that is in China mm-hmm. in China <laughs> oh you told me where it's literally just like warehouses that could be anywhere right like so in, in, in that particular episode he encounters this guy who's drunk and fights him mm-hmm. And the guy that's playing the drunk guy is actually, was like kind of like the number two choice for Danny Rand. And he's Asian Mm -hmm. and he's a martial arts fighter. He does martial arts movies Mm -hmm. and he fights like, and it's so obvious in the fight that they have because it's one where Danny pulls his head up. So that's when you know it's going to be the stunt double Mm -hmm. doing the fighting. And this guy does his own stuff. So he doesn't have a hood on, like, he's just doing, like, and he's acting drunk, but fighting, and it's, mm. like, really cool looking, and he's, like, kicking the shit out of Danny, and it's like, why is this guy not Danny? Like, <laughs> he would have been so much better, because, yeah, especially, like, for most of, like, Iron Fist, like, he wears a freaking hood, so that you don't see the stunt double. Head, yeah. I mean, I think that part of the problem also is that they, they have those two separate divisions of Disney. The movie division and the TV division have kind of split. Since uh, not to it's it's you've got the Netflix division versus the rest of it. But I thought that the Netflix division was still produced by the same guy. Kevin Feige oversees all of the MCU. But Kevin Feige broke off from the TV side. No, he still oversees like he's still producer on like the TV on. Like, I thought the that was his face. 
was, was had taken all that, and that's why that's why Inhumans happened because he wanted to push. That's why he did Inhumans. You sure? Because there was there was supposedly an insight between these two between the two of them, and Flaky had him put on TV only, and that's why Inhumans got moved from being a movie to a TV I show. I mean, but Flaky still oversees. Everything. Yeah, he still oversees it, but like this other guy supposedly has like more. Pull yeah, he to has get, someone that like kind of more oversees like the day to day of the TV because yeah. it's a more day to day operation. Because like the the but Inhuman Feige, show, from what I've heard, is just it heard it's garbage. It's the only one I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. But PJ said that he said that not only is it garbage, but he like couldn't understand what he was seeing. Like he said he thought that Black Bolt was just deaf. <laughs> he was like they didn't explain that he couldn't speak, and so he he was talking to me when he found that out. And he was like, yeah, this guy's deaf and he just never says anything. I was like, who? He's like, a, he's like Black Bolt or something. I was like, Black Bolt's not deaf. He just can't speak because he'll like blow everything up. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, it's his voice. That was never explained, apparently. And Well, like, it just, because Feige had wanted to do an Inhumans movie for a long time. I'm glad but I think didn't. it just didn't, it just didn't ever happen. Like, and Inhumans got introduced on S.H.I.E.L.D., but they use they use like a different Inhumans like they used better Inhumans they use like Quake and they use you well, know, yeah Quake is, is a main character on she, yeah she's, she's been a main character hacker since girl season. yeah I don't know her name Daisy Daisy yeah well yeah her name was originally Sky but and then like but I think the hard part for like the Inhuman show and what it would have been the movie is that they use like this royalty yeah they like, use the they the, the Medusa and Black Bolt, like, which kind of don't fit crystal. with any of the rest of the alien Live stuff the that we know so far for them to They should have introduced them in the Guardians movie. I think that would work better because at least they could be like, oh, they're in space and, you know, this is not really affecting the Earth stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have liked that better for a Guardians movie. I mean, at least too. Runaways turned out really good. Runaways turned out really good. Like, shockingly good. I mean, aside from Molly, but... <sighs> Molly gets better, I think. Like she gets she, better, but she still sucks. Molly post episode like five is much better than early because early Molly doesn't make sense. Like she does like nonsensical bullshit, like breaks this wall out and then yeah, like falls but I mean, outside. Like, later, Molly, they forget about the limitations of her powers. I think that even in the comic books, it depends on how like. No, but she does some really crazy shit in like the second to last episode. I uh, see. I've only seen. I've, I think I'm. I think I saw. I saw up to the point where. Shit, what did I last see? I think I just didn't see the last episode. Because, like, she does some really crazy, like, heavy moving shit, like, and then all of a sudden, but she can still fight, like, a couple minutes later, like, she hasn't passed out. And it's like, what? But, like, earlier this season, she had to, like, take, like, a two-hour nap after opening. I think that they're meaning to be, like, oh, she's, you know, learning better. But, yeah, like, Molly doesn't learn to do that until she's, like, an adult. Because they show her, like, in, you know, they show adult Molly in the comics, and she can fight for a while without passing out. But, like, little Molly... Every time she does anything, like, heavy, she just is, like, carried around by another person after right. that. and they also just haven't really figured out how to make her seem young without making her seem really I mean, slow. she shouldn't be young. She's 15. She's, like, realistically two years younger than the rest of them or something. But they, they write her like she's, like, six, which is actually younger than Molly was in the comics. And it makes her feel like she's, like, got a developmental disorder. Right, like, instead she seems of, really slow. Instead of being... Like, that's not... And like, and they I, have her whine all the time, and it's like this. I wish they had just given her a developmental disorder and said that because at least I'd be like, okay, well, that makes a little sense why she's acting like this. But no, they're just like, no, she's regular. I think they're banking on it being, oh, well, her parents died when she was really little, so she's stuck at that point. I'm like, I don't know, it doesn't really no, work that way. You don't explain it that well, so it doesn't work like that. I mean, they could have just 
They should have either dropped that character, which I don't think they could have. I think if they wanted to make her dress like a little girl, they could have put her into like into like a subculture that was into dressing like that. Like why couldn't they just cast a little girl? Well, that, there's that too, but I mean, I think aging yeah. would have been a problem. But like, I think I think what they could have done is like they could have had her be like someone that's like super obsessed with like Hello Kitty and stuff like that. Like that little kitty thing she has in her like, hair. So it would make a little bit more sense that she's like so into it and like she's in LA like it's a place where there's like a lot of different fashion and like mm. subcultures going on. So like oh, they use LA a lot in that show. Like LA is on prominent display. Right. Like and you've got Nico being very prominently goth and like all about it. So I like, honestly love Nico's clothes. Like Yeah, she looks great. So it's like I don't know why you couldn't just like put Molly as like someone who's like really into like Sanrio and like they should have just rewritten the character if they wanted her to be older. Like, they could have just changed all that. Right, like, and, like if you're going to make her older but into, like, these little kid things, like, make it, like, an unbelievable, like, fascination or something. Because the other characters are more or less, like, just updated versions of themselves. Like, it's funny because in the comic books, they play Gert's, like, activism as a joke because it's the early 2000s. And for people to act like that back then, it was kind of seen as a joke. But now, her activism seems more like righteous and sort of like in a good place and you know they like they really didn't rewrite the uh, most of the other characters too much from what they were but like they took away more of the dumb jock stuff from what's his face and they um they gave uh the leader character like he's a lot less like dorky nerdy because like his only real like claim to power is that he's smart and his smarts are what get like the lead the team or whatever, but like they they did a good job doing that and also avoiding the whole because the whole comic book is really just an excuse to have them run into other characters from the Marvel universe and interact with them and it's funny and cool but it just would, it wouldn't work if they had to bring in Spider Man and Captain America every mm-hmm. two episodes and Wolverine and whoever else and like they can't get half the characters because they don't even exist in the universe and. You know, and also they're on the other coast, like, because they move the the comic to the West Coast, which is also an interesting choice, because it kind of gets it out of that, like we said, that New York, Mm -hmm. upper state New York area. Um, No, I I mean, I was was worried about the show. I saw the trailer, and I was like, I was excited for it. It was one of the first comics I ever really read. But then I was like, oh, this could go really badly, though. There is always a kind of, like, I'm surprised at, like, how good, like, the dinosaur looks. Um, oh, yeah. And how like how good like Carolina's powers look because those could look really cheap, I think. And what's funny was it wasn't someone saying they look cheap. I was like, they don't look cheap. They look they look weird, but I mean they look like psychedelic. Like she glows and it looks like she glows, but it, it glows like it fits the scene. Like it's not like she's glowing and she's just like a cutout or a CGI. Right. But I mean, like especially like the dinosaur, like they how they managed well, their budget really well to make that look great. I think the thing that they, what they did with that was they did the smart thing and they didn't go it's going to be cgi all the time right or it's going to be a puppet all the time they did a mix and that, that like a lot of shows would have tried to do one or the other and they were smart to do a mix they probably, I mean, even their puppet looks good like it's, it looks really good they probably bought some like discount like uh puppet from jurassic park or some shit like one of those movies yeah no it actually looks really good and that was i was surprised because like after it showed up the first time and they only did like really showed like the eye i was like oh mm-hmm. this could maybe the rest of it doesn't look very good like I think even in the comic, that thing's not around that much. So, I mean, they don't have to use it very long, you know? Yeah, but at this point, it's it's as much of, like, a relationship for Gert as anything else. <laughs> Poor Gert. Like, like, and I also, like, the, their little childish drama 
it makes more sense, mostly because they had they added a sister character to kill for um, what's her face. And I'm also wondering what this spells for the Cloak and Dagger show because that's kind of in the same vein. Well, it's done by the same production company. Oh, so, so I'm kind of I have high hopes for that too. It's on Freeform, so we'll see. <laughs> but Freeform has a way of making beautiful messes, and so. <laughs> Like I still sometimes sometimes it doesn't work though. Like sometimes it's just crap. It's Shadow Hunters where it's just like fun to watch crap. Why that show not back yet? It's so weird. I know it's coming back, but okay, I've got stuff to do. <laughs> Other things to watch. <laughs> you have a lot of things to watch. No, um, but like this, it's funny because like we went into like this wider version of the Marvel universe talk, and Marvel has gotten so like diverse in terms of like just. Like, the offerings you have, you have, like, just... The only thing we don't have any more of is Hulk movies, and that's not going to happen, because Universal still holds the rights to it, and Disney's not really wanting to play ball with Universal that way. No, but, that's why he gets... He's in other people's movies. And it's sad, too, because that's one of the people, when they recast that, I was like, oh, I don't like this. And then they recast it, I was like, oh, I really like this guy. Like, I like him more than uh, Norton. And... And I had never even heard of him before that. And you I never was, heard of Mark Ruffalo? I was on board, though. Like, when he showed up in Avengers and, you know, all the stuff he did, I was like, yeah, he's a really good actor. And he's even more fun in Thor 3. Like, when he wakes up and he's just like, <laughs> he doesn't know what the fuck he is. <laughs> he's like, how long ago was that? He's like, that was two years ago. And Thor is fun for comedy. Like, I really wish we had more of that Thor in, like, Thor 2 and, uh, and the other movies. Because he's, it's not, like, true to the character, but I like it. I mean, I think they realize that that's a strength of Chris Hemsworth is that he is a funny guy. And so I think they are planning to bring that in more. And I think that's part of why that they've chosen to put him with the Guardians. I mean, aside from story purposes for Infinity War. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having a Thor Guardians movie. It might be a little broken on the power scale because, you know. I don't think it'll happen. But like, I think that's, but I think that's why he's kind of with them is because he's, they're now kind of morphing him to a bit of a funny character. And, yeah, and it and works. he's always been pretty funny. Like, I think the first Thor movie is pretty funny. Yeah, it is really funny. I didn't see the second one, but people said, it, people said that's the problem, is that it's not as humorous as... Yeah, it, is, it takes a definitely, like, a more serious it's tone drier. to it. Yeah. And it just... And the plot isn't as interesting. <laughs> it's like a giant... I love the first Thor movie. It's like one of my favorite something. Marvel movies. See, I didn't know that, but, like, people hate that movie a lot. I've only seen it, like, once. I forgot a lot of it. It's one of, like, the first movie, like superhero movies it's done in a slightly different style than the others because it's done it's direct, like it's directed a little bit more like an indie like comedy is directed more than an action movie there's some I mean I, I don't like I said I haven't seen it since it was in theaters but I remember some really funny parts I remember him getting hit by a car uh, driven by what's her face Kat Dennings and they're like freaking out when he gets back up I remember his like friends mm-hmm. being kind of goofy like Lady Sif and the others who they killed all those people anyway now and um I remember just, you know, it was a fun movie. Yeah, but it was like it's like one of the first superhero movies that's like directed differently than a typical like superhero film. And Hawkeye's in that one. That's where he first showed up and I didn't I didn't I forgot all about that. So someone just told me, like, yeah, Hawkeye's in there. I was like, oh. Because he's forgettable. <laughs> See, I really like Hawkeye though. Like I like him as a character in the comics, but Jeremy Renner is just kind of a shitty person. And so he makes it hard to like the character. Yep. And then they change the character for the movies a lot. Like, Joss Whedon pushed that whole family angle, and that's just, like, he's married to What's-Her-Face in the comics, and they break up, and 
he's like this bachelor who starts, you know, sort of doing a hero for hire thing. And that was more interesting to me than like this weird red herring they tried to paint him as. Like he's going to die and he doesn't because Quicksilver is going to die. Cause that's the easy thing to do. And um, I think that's why Renner is not in Mission Impossible 6, by the way, is that I think that they didn't really want his like mouth fucking anything up. Oh, yeah. Like, there's also a reason he's no longer in the Bourne films, like... Well, that's because they didn't do well, either, did it? I mean... Well, there's that, like, there was a, it was a... There was some studio issues, like, where they, like, someone was, like, pushing for no more Matt Damon, and someone was pushing for, oh, we want more Renner, and then... I thought Damon was, was like, kind of done, unless they gave him a good script is what happened. And so when they gave him the next movie, he was like, I'm not, I don't want to do this. And they did, they went and got Renner, and... It's there was there was a big mess like with, with writers and stuff like that and it's just one of those like I mean they still could have used Jeremy Renner like I mean he's a different character so. yeah he's not he's not playing the same character but I mean like they've totally like kind of jettisoned that whole thing. and it's weird because you would think he would be more like easygoing or try to like repair these relationships. Like, I mean, he's still in the Marvel movies because he hasn't really messed up so bad that Disney's He's also just, not really in them that much anymore. Yeah. Since Ultron, he hasn't really been in anything. Yeah, I mean, Civil War, he's only in there for a few minutes. You know, less than Spider-Man. And, I mean, that's where he made those comments, too, right? About Black Widow. And then he got, like, really unapologetic about it. Like, because, like, it was Thor and him and who else? No, it was Chris Evans, um, Scarlett Johansson, and uh, Runner that were doing a lot of tours together. Oh, I thought that I thought that I thought that uh, Hemsworth was involved in it too. Um, and then he was the first one to recant what was said. Hemsworth said, like, then they did a one where it was Ruffalo, Hemsworth, and Renner. Like, there were some different pairings for like the press junkets. Ruffalo always seems so nice. Well, Ruffalo is a huge feminist. Like, he's very actively feminist. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Ruffalo. So there was that kid who got bullied a few months back, and they brought him into something. And it was um, what's his face invited him? Uh, the guy who plays Falcon. And, uh, and, and and Evans invited him. And so they were like, yeah, come out. And then it got posted that the bullying wasn't just like spur of the moment. It was like because he was being super racist to these other people. Well, <laughs> that, that whole thing's still in that. I haven't heard anything that happened, but like well, some I, of that wasn't true. I thought that Ruffalo was one who came out and was like, you know, if this is what's true, we don't really want to associate with this. And Right. But I mean, like that whole situation, I don't know how it really got resolved, but like some how, of the yeah. stuff, like some of the accounts where people were saying that he was being racist, like some of that stuff, like it was all unverified. Or like, those his parents and not him. Right. Like and, it was all very unverified. Like, I don't really know how it shook out. But. Yeah. People online, like will say whatever, like people just post stuff and they'll be like, yeah, this is a picture of this or this is a picture right, like, of this There were person. screenshots of stuff that wasn't actually accurate. And it, it makes me so mad too, because you would think that like, we've all grown up with photoshop and the internet and we don't we we don't know something is fake necessarily but we see movies and we know how it looks real like there's no real transformers but those things look real in a movie so you would think that someone could say that oh well if i see a station logo at the bottom of this or you know a note that has like a forged name on it i should at least go this might not be real but people always just see a thing and just go it's real like immediately and you're like yeah there's been so many of these like person says X and then X is not true. And then like, you know, this like backlash from it. Like there was a, uh, there was a bunch of stuff. The week black Panther came out. That was like that. Like people were saying they got beat up going to showings and then none of them were real reports. It was just like, they'd go online and find someone who was beat up and post a picture on Twitter. And so, some of the pictures were actually famous pictures of people, celebrities who had been hit 
or things like that. And yeah, there was that one a few years ago. It was during the election campaign season, twenty sixteen. Like there was an actress whose picture there was a test shot that she did for the Bruce Campbell like his new like Ash versus Evil Dead show. Yeah. Um, and it was her like in her like part like some of her, like makeup and stuff on that show, mm-hmm. like showing like her character had been beat up or whatever, and like people were using that to say that like she was a Trump supporter that showed up to a Clinton rally and got beat up. And yeah, punched like in the face. Yeah, I remember that. And, like Bruce Campbell had to like he came out and was like, "Dude, no, <laughs> she's yeah, on my like, show." Yeah, this, and 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 <laughs> like the, that that same picture got circulated again. And the thing is, is that like. You, you go, this was not even that long ago that you were sharing the same picture. Like, if someone got beat up that badly and it was real, I'd remember that picture. And yeah. so you would think they would well, remember. It's because she's not a super well-known actress, but, like, mm. she was pretty, she was blonde. Yeah, I mean, she was she was not well-known enough that you would be like... But even then, I've seen pictures of people who were more well-known done like that. I'm like, that's not, you know... Yeah. And then there, a long, long time ago, like, back in the days of MySpace, there was the Becky thing with the picture of Taylor Swift. Wait, what? <laughs> I'll just Google it. It's too long to explain it. It's, it's, an, it's like, one of like one of these really old memes from like 2007 or something like that. Like, And it's a meme about a girl, like, I think she was cancer or something. And if they use a pic, an old picture of Taylor Swift, like, because it was before she was super famous. Is it when she was like sort of gawky looking? Like, and it's her like, like, hi, younger. my name. It's like one of those ones that's like a whole letter. And it's like, hi, my name is Becky, blah, blah, like, and it goes on about. So, like, so it's funny because Taylor Swift, like, she's worn a shirt that says, no, it's Becky. Oh, I didn't know that. She, like, she's very aware of <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure she's aware of all these things that happen involving her. Like, yeah. there's a lot of weird stuff surrounding Taylor Swift on the internet. And some of it's weird, like, oh, that's kind of cute. And some of it's weird, like, oh, you're really creepy. <laughs> like, yeah, there are people with whole Taylor Swift rooms at their houses with, like, vinyl records everywhere. And there's a bunch of guys in there who, who are obsessed with her armpit. So, you know, you take your pick about which is creepy and which is not. But, like... It's just, it's, I'm, I'm really shocked that Black Panther came out and there was no major incidents involved in anything. Like, people were afraid there was going to be shootings because there was threats about that. People were afraid there was going to be, like, some, like, violent stuff. There was a little bit of, like, us, black people, getting a little bit too excited. <laughs> like, someone brought drums into a movie theater and was playing drums. But the movie theater didn't really, like, get mad because they were playing in the lobby, not in the theater. But, like, I was like, yeah, what's, like, I honestly am totally against people bringing in, like, I don't like people bringing costumes to the theater. I don't like them bringing, like, wacky shit in there with them. Because that's kind of how that whole thing with the shooting happened in Aurora. Because that he was a joker and they thought he had a fake gun and it was a real gun. And so, like, it's a security issue because theaters not, they're not outset at the way a convention is outset to check those things. But it's also just obnoxious because people do obnoxious shit when they're in the movie theater. They throw stuff. They make noise. Um... But yeah, like there, people were definitely excited. And I think I think a lot of people were excited. Like everybody was really excited because it was, it wasn't just like oh, this is the first time this kind of movie has happened. It was because this is the this was like an exciting movie. Like right. it was a different. What, what were we calling it? Because there's a name for it, Afropunk. Like I was telling someone that, and they were like, I never heard that before. I was like, yeah, there's some books out there that, that kind of touch on it, but it's definitely not normal to see it in films. I think that. I think that that's what makes Fast and the Furious also popular is that there's things that you don't see in action films anymore. And, and then things are out of the ordinary and they're done well or they're like treated seriously. People will go see that. Like, I think that's the one problem that Scott Pilgrim had was that no one knew what was going on in it. It would have probably done better if it had been better advertised and also if it hadn't come out with Expendables in the same week. But 
like that's another movie that I was like, oh, this is a different kind of thing. Like people would probably enjoy this if they actually like gave it a chance. Did you ever see Scott Pilgrim? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I own Scott Pilgrim. I do too. Like it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, I mean, I've I've watched it with people who didn't like it. So really, I have not had anybody like. Well, okay, I take that back. Crystal doesn't like it. Crystal and Greg both don't like, it. but they didn't finish it either. And I think that finishing it is. I think the movie itself is like it's a little much for some people. Like, cause there's just, there's a lot going on in it and it's, it's, and it's referential of a lot of other of different pop culture things that aren't always popular. It's very comic booky too. Like it is. Right. Like and it's, it references like video games, like and stuff like that. Like if you're not familiar with those things, like some of the impact very is, lost on, is lost on you. So. And you get to see both Captain America and the old Superman. Okay. I was like, what is that noise? Now Brandon Roth. Uh, that's where I first saw him. I didn't see Returns until more recently, and it's a bad movie, so. And that's because Kate Bowlesworth is on it. <laughs> Wait, what? Is she Lois? I don't. I didn't remember his. Like, I think it's a bad movie because it's it's flawed and like what. I mean, it's also to now do. we can't like it because it's got Kevin Spacey. So. Oh yeah, he's uh, Lex Luthor. That guy is gonna. He fell hard. You know, he could have been so many. He could have done so many cool things. In he did movies. do a lot of cool things. Yeah, he, he did, really did fucking well, uh, for a very long fucking time. seven. He did *Usual uh, Suspects*. Oh my god, it's such a good movie. I, I didn't even see that. Well, it's a good thing he plays the devil in that. So that's a devil. He's Kaiser <laughs> Soze. Essentially, the devil. <laughs> like you know, what's funny. I'm glad you've seen it because I, I reference that movie so much. Oh my god, it's it's the first time I've ever seen the take on. It's all a dream that like. It works. Like, someone told you a story for an hour and 40 minutes or whatever it was, and you weren't pissed off when it ended. I mean, it. with usual specs, it's not a dream. It's a lie. Yeah, it's a, and I think that's what makes it better, but it's a take on the same idea. Like, it's something that didn't happen. Like, it's just like when a show does an alternate universe episode. It doesn't yeah, but matter. Yeah, it doesn't, usual specs doesn't feel like a, like an alternate, it's, it feels like a con. Like, that's the whole point. Like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a con. It doesn't feel like an alternate reality of any kind. Like, it. It just—it's a con. Like it's you're supposed to be trying to kind of find after after you've seen it the first time, and then you like the next time you watch it, then you kind of look for the inconsistencies. Mr. Koyashi. Yeah, there's a lot of theories about that movie that I've read recently. I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But I mean, I because someone was saying that there's like actually no proof that he is Soze. It could just be that he's like working for him directly, and that Kobayashi is Soze. And I was like, ah, I don't like that. I like that he's Soze better. But no, it's it's sad though because. It's not sad that, like, I don't want to be like, oh, it's sad because this guy had his career ruined. It's sad because there's so his, many things that He ruined that a lot of good movies. Yeah, that he ruined that. And then there's some not so good ones. Like, I don't like American Beauty. It's pretentious. No, but I mean, he's he's done a lot of good work. Like, I mean, He's in Powder, which was shot at my old school. I never saw Powder. I saw that a long time ago. I remember the song from Powder. That's all I remember about that movie. And then, like, a little pale dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a albino kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's albino. He's like... This is powdery. He just he didn't have any lotion. Um, and then fucking House of Cards, like which I had already stopped watching anyway because it got weird. But I have one season to catch up on, and I, I keep are you debating do about it because next season Robin Wright's going to be the lead. So I kind of need they still know. doing it. Yeah, I heard they weren't going to do that anymore. No, Robin Wright's going to be the lead, so the sole lead. So I think that's awesome. So I'm like. I don't really want to support Kevin Spacey, but like I really want to make sure that I know what's up when Robin Wright takes over. 
<laughs> read a synopsis and just go into no, it. No, because like I, that synopsis are never satisfying to me unless like they it's only like work. They only work if the person who wrote it knows what to look for in the next season. Because if you don't know what's going to be important later, especially with a show like that, it might be like some little small right. detail. And I'm very back. curious, like how that season ended and how they'll explain what happens in the interim. Because they had already filmed like three episodes of the new season when they fired him, so they're gonna have to like refilm those. He gets shot. They just do well, obviously he's gonna double. die. Like they already said, they're gonna kill him off. And see, it's funny because like when you die in real life, they don't want to kill your character. They want to be like respectful and shit. No, not like, always. I mean, like, sometimes like they kill you off in like a resp- in a in a way like when um oh, I can't remember his name. It was Finn on Glee when he died? Mm-hmm. Um. They killed his character, but they had his character die in a car crash, and like so, they had a like, an episode or so where people were just mourning. Yeah, were more mourning him, and it was to me that was really respectful because he was a very important character to like the fans and stuff. So like, and, and it was nice that they didn't just like write him off like it was a big deal. I mean, I could see them killing him also and saying like he committed suicide, right? He had a heroin overdose. Okay. I can see them trying to, well, see, if he commits suicide, I can see them trying to use it as, like, a coping mechanism for the audience to be like, this is, we're getting awareness out there about it. Well, it was a very sudden death. Like, I remember getting yeah. news and I was like, I remember him dying. Real? I didn't even watch that show. And um, when, what's his face died from Fast and Furious, Paul Walker. Like, people were really like, oh, they're going to kill him in the next movie. They're going to kill him. And there was a bunch of things in the movie where it was like, they could have killed him, but they just didn't. They were just like, no, we're going to, like, send him away and say that he's, Raising a family. And it won't make sense because, you know, technically he would always have to come back when they're, like, you know, fucking death ninjas or whatever come to get them or super hackers, but he doesn't come back. They just reference him, like, really offhandedly. And, or what's his face died? John Ritter. When John Ritter died, they, um, they killed his character in that show. He was yeah, on. Yeah, simple rules. Yeah. And, but yeah, they, I mean, they did a very, like, it was a, a big deal about mourning. Yeah. Like, they did, like, a whole season about the family coping with the loss of him. Mm. And, and like, you have to kind of pick, because, like, with Leia, like, everybody expected Leia to die in Star Wars. And when she got sucked out of that ship, I was like, oh, this is how they're going to do it? Because this is real fucked up. I was like, this is super fucked up. And then when she came back in there, I was like, oh. And I thought they were going to pull, like, a, like a, oh, she's in a coma forever bullshit, like fucking Cordelia yeah. or something. But they, they didn't. They did, like, a, she wakes back up, and I guess they're just going to, like, have her go away, you know. That's just, it's, it sucks because, like, the ninth movie was supposed to be the one that's, like, more about her. Like, how the first one was a lot about Han. And, yeah. The, the second, second one was, like was kind of about Luke. And the next one was supposed to kind of be about her. It sucks because they, like, they stuck her last. And now we won't get to see that. And hopefully, like, what we hopefully get is we get, like, a Leia-centric thing down the line. Like, a book or something about her that's more just about her. And I hope that, like, what they do to kill her off, quote-unquote, is just do a time skip and just say she died in the interim so it's not, like, a big deal. Because that's supposedly what they're going to do is do a time skip and jump, like, you know, like they did with... Well, that's uh, how you do it with most of the Star Wars movies. Is there's a, well, there's these a two jump. these two were, like, right on top of each other. Like, yeah, that was, the, that was the only weird thing. But the others, like, for the most part, like, it's, like, several months or a year has passed. It's years in uh, between... Empire and Return. It's like three years, I think, or more. They're like, we had to search the whole thing for Han. And, and there's like ten years between um, Phantom Menace and Clone Wars. Yeah, there's... And the clones. Yeah, because what's his grows up. And it's still creepy that he's like scheming on this woman he knew as a child. And she hasn't got, like, I like how she hasn't gotten any older. Like, she looks, she looks like she's six months older, maybe. And he's like, 
I'm a man now. Like, wearing, like, tight shirts and, and shit. Like, I think there's, what, another ten years between... He's so creepy in that movie. Like, rewatching it, I was like, he's got, like, super rapiness to and him. And Attack of the Clones, he is a problem. He, <laughs> and, like, no one corrects him. Like, like she kind like, of... I hate that actor for that because, like, I just, I can never, I can never watch him in anything else and, like, not think he's a creep. She, she kind of corrects him, but, like, Obi-Wan and Yoda and shit, like, Yoda can read minds. Like, dude, call this boy off. Like, you know, get him a, a magazine or something. And some lotion, send him to his room because, like, at one point she's like, I don't like when you look at me like that. Like, it's like straight up tells him that. Then just know. like leans in and gets closer. Yeah. <laughs> he like traps her in corners and shit. You're like, what the I fuck? I know. Like, it's very frustrating because it's like also, she like eventually just like gives in. Yeah. And, like, that's really upsetting because <sighs> she shouldn't have to. That's all these movies, though. Is, like, there's a guy who's like being ultra just like creepy and like pushy, and then the girl just like, oh, okay. But I mean, as we know, I know someone that is very obsessed with that pairing and thinks it's super romantic. Wait, who? I did not know that. Yeah, I told you this. This is like, we got no big fight about it. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, that pairing is no trouble in the other pairings that people like. Like, Joker and Harley like. Yeah, but I mean, most people don't care for the Padman and comparing but he's just oh, like, yeah, super no one obsessed does. with it and he thinks it's super romantic and like he thinks and I was trying to talk about it and he's like, no, no, it's the best. And I'm like, he, he loves those movies like for that reason. Like, that is why he likes the prequels. That's like, okay, that's not the worst thing about the prequels, but it's not good. It's not a reason like, to like them. The best thing about the prequels is honestly Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, if they had just been Obi-Wan Kenobi movies where he just did badass shit and rode around giant lizards and shit, if that wizard didn't make that stupid fucking noise, then it'd be fine. But it's more about, like, like Anakin's creepy child boner and, you know, fucking wacky droid annex. Um, and, and weird, like, racist allegories for races, like, oh, this thing is a, a Jew, because it's dealing, you know, parts, and these aliens are Chinese, like, they're not really Chinese, they're giant lizard people, but they're Chinese, because they speak like Chinese people, and they fucking have Chinese people clothes on, it's like, this is just racist. The Gungans, which, like, Islanders, like, why even do that, like, even Star Trek cut that shit out, like, in the 80s, and they're still doing it, you know, in Star Wars, and they've, they've stopped doing it now, but, you know, because Disney knows better than that shit. Disney learned with, with fucking Pocahontas not to fuck around like that, because that all went so well. But, yeah, like, I've never heard anybody, like, I've heard people like the prequels, even better than the movies sometimes, I've never heard anybody defend that pairing in the prequels. Even they admit that that's a problem, because... I mean, he kills her at the end over... What did he kill her for? Oh, she died in childbirth. But he... Okay, he chokes her when she's pregnant. Yeah. And then she dies shortly thereafter from, like, a broken heart, which... Well, she dies in childbirth. The doctor said the broken heart. The robot doctor said this. And I was like, somebody's going to fix that fucking droid. It's but it's obviously- also, like, a huge, like, huge change from the original movies where Leia's like, I remember mom, like... Ooh. And that's when I when someone defends those movies, I tell them I'm like they don't even like it was like they didn't even watch the other ones before they did it. It's like if you kind of remembered a fanfic you wrote and you did a sequel to it, but you didn't really remember what happened. And like, oh, some character got her arm cut off, and they had an arm again suddenly, and this person was they 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 died, and and they hadn't said any last words. And they're like, I remember his last words. He didn't say anything. It wouldn't have been that hard for those movies to be decent. So I think we've done all we can with this uh, for now and all these other subjects we talked about. But we're going to pick this back up with our regular recordings with Edge of Tomorrow. 
this is getting dropped in here because it's like a little bit more time sensitive than most of the things we've been doing. And we'll be back with regular recordings that aren't done in a room full of all these crazy noises. But, um, Laura, go ahead and tell them where we can find this online. All right, lastchancetheater.com and all the social media at lastchancetheater, except for Twitter, which is at lastchancethtr. And they can find me at ctk86 on Twitter, at Justin on Instagram, um, and on From the Bone Vault, the other podcast I do, and at Justin on Flickr. And where can they find you at, Laura? I'm on everything at LauraXJ. Okay, so yeah, we always uh, have to go back and forth like that because I kind of forget what the things are for our own podcast all the time. <laughs> so I have to ask her. But um, thanks for joining us again, and um, we hope to see you next time. And uh, really quick, I wanted to say this because we haven't really had much of it, but if you could read, uh, like, review and uh, write little reviews for us on uh, Google Play or whatever you're using, that'd be great. Um, because it really helps us out and helps get the word out. So, um, from Last Chance Theater, I've been Justin. And I'm Laura. Thanks for listening again. Tell me what you gonna do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Fuck you and all your expectations. I don't even want your congratulations. I recognize your false confidence and calculated promises. All in your conversation. 